Hello, my friends, and welcome back to The Wildest Podcast, a weekly personal development podcast in 10 minutes or less. My name is Janner Sutton, and I'm an author, entrepreneur, and speaker based in Nashville, Tennessee. If you're new to the podcast, I'm so glad to have you here with me today. And if you're a longtime listener, welcome back. As always, my goal is to help you get more out of life. Now, when we say we talk about personal development on this podcast, there are obviously a lot of different topics that fall under that umbrella. On this podcast alone, we've talked about things like productivity, saving and making money, coping with anger and resentment, and more. And that's because I believe that personal development or self-help content should address all facets of development. Because as individuals, personal development is about cultivating our own capabilities or possibilities. And those possibilities shouldn't be limited to only learning about topics like mindset, motivation, and success building habits. However, that doesn't mean those things aren't important. They absolutely are, especially when addressed in the right way. But it boils down to my belief that most self-help content tends to talk about what to do, whether that's changing your mindset, developing a routine, etc., without necessarily spending as much time talking about how to do it, when in reality, we need both. Especially for those of us who are struggling with mental health issues, whether that's anxiety or depression or OCD or something else, or if you're neurodivergent like myself with ADHD, the what is easy. We know what we should be doing, but the how? Not so much. That's why in today's episode of The Wildest Podcast, I want to talk about one of those topics that we do hear a lot about in personal development, but I'm going to address it in a way that you might not expect. More specifically, I want to talk about mindset, the importance of emotional self-validation, and why feeling bad isn't necessarily a bad thing. You've probably heard the term toxic positivity before, but if you haven't, it refers to the belief that some self-help and mindset content creators possess that encourages people to focus on the positive in all things, even through trauma and tragedy, and sometimes goes as far to say that a lack of positivity or positive thinking is why your life isn't turning out the way you want it. Toxic positivity pushes things like, you just need to look on the bright side and good vibes only. If you've heard of the law of attraction, that can sometimes tumble into toxic positivity as well. With the concept of like attracts like, aka if you want more good things to come into your life, you need to be emitting so-called positive vibrations in order to manifest abundance. Therefore, if you're not getting what you want, you're just not being positive enough, aka it's your own fault. Now, I'm not saying I don't see and recognize the importance of positive thinking. Optimism is a valuable skill to cultivate in your life, and there are elements of the law of attraction that I do believe. Setting clear goals and intentions and reminding myself of them often means I'm more likely to take the actions necessary to bring those things into my life. Plus, research shows that positive thinking and self-talk can have a massive beneficial impact on your health as well, including increasing your lifespan, lowering rates of depression, improving your immune system, and more. However, that doesn't mean negative thinking or feeling bad doesn't or shouldn't happen in your life. Feeling bad, whether that's sadness, anxiety, depression, overwhelm, anger, or something else, isn't wrong. In fact, it's pretty normal and can even be important. I've spoken about this on earlier episodes of the podcast, but one of the best things I've learned in therapy over the years is that our emotions are indicators. The things that we're feeling are usually trying to tell us something. And even if we don't agree with the message that they're sending, like if you're feeling sad or depressed and you believe that you quote unquote shouldn't be feeling sad right now, that doesn't change the fact that you are feeling sad. Think about it this way. Let's pretend you're feeling cold. You ask your friend if they feel cold too, and they say no, but they don't just say no. They go on to say something like, how can you feel cold? You shouldn't feel cold. That's ridiculous. Even if that's true, even if it's 90 degrees outside and sunny, what they said does not change the fact that you in that moment feel cold. The same thing is true for your emotions. And it's why emotional validation is incredibly important, both within the bounds of a relationship and with yourself. 
If my partner is feeling angry, for example, I might disagree with why he feels angry or how he expresses that anger, but that doesn't change the very real feelings that he might be experiencing. They're real to him, and if you look at the chemistry of his emotions, they're even more concrete. Because regardless of the source or cause of an emotion and whether or not it's justifiable, you can't argue with the fact that there is a physiological change that happens in our bodies when we feel something. Now, I won't spend a ton of time going into the chemistry of emotions and how this works, but it is important to remember that it is happening. When you feel something, positive or negative, there is a corresponding change happening within your body. Your neurotransmitters are firing and a bunch of other things are happening in your brain and body that I won't pretend to understand, but that means that your emotions are real even if you don't like them. And that's part of why I try not to feel bad about feeling bad. The way I see it, if emotions are occurring chemically in my body, then fighting or resisting those emotions is just going to prolong the experience. Feeling it, allowing your body to go through the physiological response, is allowing yourself to process and experience said emotions. And research supports that honoring and feeling your emotions is an important part of moving through them. One study discovered that participants who accepted their feelings experienced less so-called negative emotions when stressed. And another study found that those who accepted their emotions were less depressed, less anxious, and more satisfied with their lives overall. Because yes, even if you're someone who does believe in the power and importance of being positive 24-7, that doesn't mean that so-called negative emotions don't exist. It's like planting flowers on top of weeds. Your flowers might grow, but the weed is still there. If you don't address it and actually pull it out at the roots instead of just cutting it short and pretending like it doesn't exist, then it's going to keep coming back. So now that we've talked about the importance of feeling our emotions, good and bad, let's talk about the process of validating them. This is something that I recommend you explore with the help of a therapist, but it's important to acknowledge that therapy isn't always affordable or accessible. If you don't have the ability to work with a therapist, that doesn't mean you can't work on learning how to validate your own emotions. It just means that you need to be patient and understanding with yourself throughout this process. You're learning something new and it might not be easy and you probably won't be successful on your first try. That's okay. As I always say, things like self-validation are skills and muscles that require time and practice to develop. You wouldn't expect yourself to be able to bench press 500 pounds on your first trip to the gym, so you shouldn't treat this process any differently. So my first tip for validating your emotions, we've actually already talked about it, and that's simply accepting and acknowledging them. Again, you don't have to agree with why you're feeling a certain way, just that you do feel it. One trick I do is to time box feeling a specific emotion. It can be overwhelming to think, okay, time to feel this thing, especially if it's a big emotion, which is why I give myself a time limit or a time box. I'll set a timer on my phone for five or 10 minutes, curl up in bed, and just let myself feel it. If I need to scream into a pillow, I'll scream into a pillow. If I need to cry, I'll let myself cry. Sometimes just saying how I feel out loud, saying I'm just really freaking frustrated can go a long way in acknowledging your emotions. From there, you want to make sure that you're paying attention to both surface and deeper emotions as well, because sometimes your surface emotions are masking deeper ones. I might feel exhausted, for instance, but while that's totally valid in and of itself, sometimes I'm feeling exhausted because I'm feeling or avoiding feeling something else like anxiety or overwhelm. From there, personally, I like to write or talk about how I'm feeling. You can do this with a therapist, like I said, or you can use a journal, you can talk to a trusted friend, or just talk to your dog or cat. This isn't a required step, but I find that journaling helps me build a more accurate view of what I'm feeling. It gets me beyond the surface emotions to understand what's actually going on. Because you might think something like, I'm depressed because I don't have any friends and no one likes me. But you have to ask, is that the truth of the situation? Maybe it's that you're lonely. Maybe you're feeling sad because a friend canceled on plans and you're afraid that means that they don't like you, or you're just disappointed because you were excited about seeing them and doing that activity together. Like I said earlier, it's about moving through the 
surface emotions to find out what's happening underneath. Now, I will give you a side note. Understanding why you feel a certain way, it is important, but it doesn't always matter as much as you might think. Because sometimes, and this is something that I am certainly guilty of doing, we use ruminating on the causes of our emotions as a tactic to avoid feeling them. That's not the goal here. The goal is simply to view and name our emotions with complete and brutal honesty. It's asking the question, what are you really feeling and saying it out loud? Because that's the other part that's really, really important when it comes to emotional self-validation. You have to respond to yourself. You have to say it out loud and tell yourself, I feel sad and that's okay. Because that response is incredibly important, more important than you might think. Think about when you were a kid and whether or not your emotions were addressed and soothed or ignored. We all have habits and tendencies that we've picked up over the years, but it's about doing what the younger version of us needed. We didn't need to be told, stop crying, you're fine, it's not a big deal. We needed to be held. We needed to be supported and led through a healthy emotional response. We needed to be told, it's okay if you're feeling sad and you're allowed to cry. Do you need to talk about it? It takes a lot of time and effort and relearning, but taking steps to be that support system for yourself pays off in the long run more than you can possibly imagine. It's something I've been practicing for the last year or two, and while I do still struggle with it from time to time, it's helped me learn how to cope with my heavier emotions and respond to them in a different way. When I feel a depressive episode or an uptick in anxiety, I try to let myself feel those feelings instead of fighting them. Not only has this helped me cope with those things, it's also taught me how to recognize when they're coming on so I can take proactive steps to prepare. These days, I can actually tell when I'm about to have a panic attack, which has been incredibly helpful because it means I can remove myself from a situation and either do something to diffuse the panic attack, like engaging in a numbing behavior if I'm in public, because yes, I do have a list of numbing behaviors that I can use as a resource, or just letting myself have the panic attack if I'm safe at home. My partner knows what to do in response to my panic attacks, and by allowing it to happen, I've found that I can move through it faster than when I used to try and resist it. You'll notice that I'm not saying emotional self-validation can cure negative emotions, and it certainly can't erase something like depression or anxiety, but that's not the goal. The goal is to place less restrictions on yourself and your feelings, to be more supportive of yourself and your emotional well-being, and to learn how to develop healthier coping mechanisms as you learn more about yourself and the emotions that you're experiencing. It's a long process, not a magic one, but it has been so important and helpful in my own journey, and I hope it can do the same for you too. That's all we have time for in today's episode of The Wildest Podcast, so I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. If you want to chat more about the subject, feel free to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Janderly. My DMs are always open, and if you want to join the Wildest community, you can go to janderly.com slash wildest and sign up for our newsletter. If you have any ideas or suggestions for topics that you'd like us to discuss in upcoming episodes of the podcast, feel free to shoot me an email at hello at janderly.com. Now, I hope you have an absolutely wonderful day. And as always, keep working, keep striving, but don't forget to take a break if you need one. Talk soon. What does perfect even mean? Is there even such a